student who has been invited to a training, they show up, they hear about all this, um, what they've been trained through school and through church is that if you're in charge, you stand up and preach. And if you're not in charge, you sit down and listen. And that's not really the goal of a first priority club. The goal of the first priority club is for all 30 people who are members of the first priority club to be on mission for the gospel in their, in their school. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico, and we're certainly glad you're here. My friend Brad is in the house today. Welcome, everyone. I am excited to be here and talk more about First Priority, especially as we approach the fall moment and we're thinking about training clubs, training students, launching clubs, and getting things up and running again for the fall. It's good to be here, getting ready. Brad, for those who normally go online and watch us on the YouTube channel, on the vidcast side, they are seeing that we are not in the same room as we normally do. So thanks for making a little space in your schedule so we can get this um, on air. You as well. I appreciate it. Uh, Zoom is our friend when we need it to be. It is. It is. It is. So you, ju- you jumped in a little bit talking about the school year. What's going on? What are we working on? Well, we are working on a full calendar of uh, training events that are coming up. Christina and I actually looked on the calendar for August. We, we sort of sifted through some emails and there are trainings happening. I mean, they started on Tuesday in South Florida, training some student leaders, their next gen training. Um, every Saturday, there are trainings. There's a few fundraisers coming up in August. Uh, the Rock the Crater fundraiser is happening. Um, Tennessee Weekend of Prayer uh, happened this past weekend. Actually, Rock the Crater also happened this past weekend as of the launch of this podcast. So yeah, I got to yeah. remember that. Um, weekend of Prayer in Alabama happened. So Birmingham, Decatur, North Alabama all had prayer gatherings around their school as, as school is starting. And so it is a very busy moment for the First Priority Movement, and we are excited to chat with you all about that. Those of you who are not familiar with Christina, Christina is one of our co-workers inside the national office, takes care of a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make sure that we hire well, that we are on top of our calendars. Just for those of you who may be new to it, that's one of our teammates who does an incredible job for us. She is the Director of Systems and Communication, and uh, yeah, it'd be good to have her on the show here sometime just to chat about she's got She's got a lot of youth ministry history that would be good for us to, yeah. to glean from. I agree. I agree. What are we talking about today, Mr. Jericho? Well, you know, we're talking about the two sides of training student leaders, okay. right? And so before we get into our distinctives and our core values, which are non-negotiables that have to happen. Yep. at a training. Let's let's talk a little bit about the flexibility as you go into your training. And so I'm going to jump on this one because it's a little bit of my bandwagon okay. as we talk today to prepare for this. Okay. So the reality is, as, as many who listen, but not all, uh, I have the good fortune that I've now overseen the Greater Nashville Network as Executive Director. Man, I guess I'm in year eight mm-hmm. uh, for a while now. Yep. And in, in the midst of that, we have done trainings all sorts of ways. And the great flexibility has been really good for us because there have been seasons where thanks to being involved in camps, 
thanks to having really good campus coaches, we knew what we had coming to the trainings. So we would do a three to six school training in a county um, that allows us to bring everybody together. Big yep. moment of fun, yep. big moment of energy, uh, strong training of our teachers, our youth pastors. Right? So it was, a, it was a large group event. There have been other years, still very good campus coaches, but not mm-hmm. as much certainty yep. on what we were going to have in our area. Sure. And so we, we chose it the other way. We chose to go ahead and get a small movement on campus yep. and invite them to invite their friends that weren't necessarily core, but were looking for belonging. Yep. And so we had to handle the way we even laid those trainings out differently. Yeah. Um, and so there was great flexibility for us to do that. Now, the nice thing about the big group training is, for those of you that lead that, is it's wham, bam, and off we go, right? We can go, we do a lot of follow-ups. The harder thing about that is that we don't always know who we really have in the room because people get lost. Um, The individual may not speak up, but maybe a really strong leader. So the benefit is, again, we as a staff get to do a single thing. We put a lot of effort into that. We do it by county, so we might do four or five of them. the downside for us was we often found ourselves inside the campus realizing, ooh, we didn't put everybody on the right seat in the bus, and now we're spending the next four weeks doing that. Okay? Yep. yep. The reverse of that is the harder work for sure for us is to go campus by campus by campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we often found that we were able to better define our student leaders. So for us in trained students, the first thing that I would suggest is you got to know your audience. Yep. And you got to know what efforts you can or can't put in as a staff. Look, if you're a staff that's well-trained, ready to go, and you've got helpers, man, go do every campus. It by far for me is the most effective. But if you don't, and a group gathering is going to allow you to get clubs launched, and you're going to have to do some back work, then that's that's my suggestion as well. Um, But that flexibility to me is a really, really nice part of the process of being an executive director or a coordinator inside an area where I am just serving a certain number of schools. That's good. That's good. Well, even you, your, your conversation reminds me of uh, some of the things that Larry Franks and even Amber Johansson are doing as we speak. And they're having adult leader meetings before the club trainings to say, Hey, here's, here's the page that we are on for this fall. Here's the materials. Here's the, the information you need and doing some of the pre-leg work. Uh, so that those events are more successful with those students in the room. They do have a little bit more definition that way um, as far as that. But you're never, yeah, you're right. When you get a, when you put a date on the calendar and you invite people just to come to an event, um, not everybody who's in the room knows they're coming to be trained to lead a club. Their friend just invited them, said, hey, I'm going over here. We're the first party club. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I want to be part of that. And that's as far as they've thought through uh, actually leading a club. So yeah, when we're standing in front and we're talking to them about, you know, preaching Jesus on a table in the lunchroom, not really, but you know what I mean? Yes. They're like, uh, what am I, what am I into yes. here? And yeah, the follow-up be the backlog of that is, is crucial. So it's great. It's a good word. That's so what great. are some that's of the great. non-negotiables that we have when we're walking through this and, and how do we, how do we navigate that? Well, you tell me, you want to start with core values or distinctives? Where would you like to go? Well, I think those are a, a very similar list of things. When we talk about, you know, being student led, 
and we're training students to lead this club, um, it, it must be student-led. And so if I may jump uh, ahead a little bit to say, hey, as far as student-led goes, you got to know what students and who the students are that you are training and leading. Um, has this student ever led anything before? You know, there's a huge difference between a sixth grade boy and a 12th grade girl. And so uh, you get somebody, a high school group who have led before, you have experience with them, that training is going to look different than a group of, of sixth graders who are just excited and you brought them brownies for the training and, you know, here we go, we're going to play some games and have some activities. But that, that group of sixth graders, I say this to bring clarity to that, that group of sixth graders, you're going to have to tell them, hey, I need the two of you to stand at the door with this poster, high five everybody who walks in the room. And that is your job as leader today. I dub you, knight you at the circle of the round table, um, leader by standing at the door, high fiving everybody. And they're like, what? Leadership is high fiving people at the door. I love leadership. You know what I mean? Exactly, but they've never done exactly. it before in their life. And, and you get the other one, you start identifying, hey, I need you to do this. And you tell them what to do. Um, but then there's the opposite thing where, yeah, you hand it to kids who are the captain of the football team or the volleyball team. They have been band section leaders and whatever, and they don't need you. You hand them the guide. They are going to run. What they probably need more isn't a job to play. They need to know how to play within the boundaries of it. So they need you to tell them something and, and to see if they will follow it. Because again, you hand them a guide and they have nine months worth of stuff done. And by three o'clock this afternoon, they're going to tell you what you're doing on December 10 and how that Christmas party outreach is going to go. And they, they, they're good, which is good, but oftentimes a student will get really far out of bounds by the end of the year. And, and it won't be a gospel centered club and not that it would be bad, but it just won't be, Hey, we're going to invite our friends, this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? And so you're exactly right. So they, they're going to need from the beginning you to give them some instructions, not so they know what to do, but so they submit to authority and stay on the, on the path. Because that is one of our other non-negotiables is that we are strategy-based. We are a strategy to take the hope of Christ to every student. That's right. And that the strategy-based part of it where I think is where we need to go next is just really walking into understanding what strategy you're using. What I mean by that is that epic, you know, yep. right? Have you studied that? Do you know it? Yep. And can you very clearly coach it? Yep. Right. Can you not just lead a discussion about it? Can you coach it? That's right. That's right. And in that first month of running that strategy is important because most kids, again, a student who has been invited to a training, they show up, they hear about all this, um, what they've been trained through school and through church is that if you're in charge, you stand up and preach. And if you're not in charge, you sit down and listen. And that's not really the goal of a first priority club. The goal of the first priority club is for all 30 people who are members of the first priority club to be on mission for the gospel in their, in their school. And so that strategy, that first month is key because when we equip the students to share the gospel and we prepare them to share their stories and then they invite friends, they're probably not going to invite friends the first time because they got to learn to trust it. And I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but that first month, that second month, if you're not seeing your numbers, numbers double on invite week, that means those kids that are showing up to club are, 
are not missional, they're members, and we want them to be missional, not members. And so that strategy is, is huge. Well, and yeah, and as you bring that up, Brad, I think one of the things that can happen is people go, well, that's a negative because they're members. No, no, hear us out. We yep. need a team. We need yep. a team. Yep. They just need to understand that the team is being built for mission. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, human beings, me included, you included, we typically take the easiest route. Right. We typically take the path of least resistance. Yep. So if I can feel a part of something and not have to feel that uncomfortability because I've not been challenged in that, well, then it makes perfect sense why they would become members. Right. Yep. But the minute you give them a little view through the epic training of what the future could look like. Right. Here's where Connect Week comes into play and why it's so amazing. Go back to your story and why it mattered. Right. Now yep. those things begin to percolate. And even if I'm the quietest student in the class, don't particularly care. I still am looking for one that I can bring in. Right. I, I, that puts me on mission as well. Yep. It's good stuff. All right. So we know it's student led. We know it's strategy based. What else? It's gospel focused, which is kind of implied in both of those two things that we've already said, but I think articulating it out loud that we just need to make sure that we are gospel focused. It's, it's not about a meeting. It's not about a Christian club. It's definitely not about politics. It's about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and uh, our, our salvation through him. And we want to keep it focused on that, inviting people who've never heard the gospel to come in here. Yeah, and again, I'm going to play this one a little bit because I've lived through this one in a role play scenario. Sure. Every single one of us have done first party for more than three minutes. Yep. I've run into a well-meaning student and teacher or adult leader who is on a soapbox right now, right? Completely well-meaning. And the ability to come in and say, hey, I don't want to take that out of your hands. That's yours. But here's who we are. And this is what we do. Right. And those things have got to be minors that stay in another lane. Mm -hmm. Our lane's really, really clear. Yep. Um, And and just the ability to manage that. Because I think every director coordinator needs to hear that, that Hey, you are going to run into moments, even in training, where somebody's going to raise their hand or they're going to have, you're going to go by the tables as they're planning their first month at the end of the training, right? And you're going to hear things and you're going to have to have the ability to say to them, those, those things, they're not bad things. Right. It might be, you might might run into one or two, but that's not typical for me. Okay. Those things just take away from us being really laser focused on who we are, which is student leaders that are learning how to share the gospel and inviting people to experience that through the story of Jesus Christ in other students' lives. Yep. It's good. Because it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Yeah. And and that's not, again, like you said, it's not a bad thing. We don't want to take that soapbox away from somebody. Soapboxes happen generally out of response from, you know, a life event. And so we want that. And, and often that, that does lead us into our fourth thing of Church United. One of the soapboxes I see a lot in students is that uh, my church is best. And in order to be a Christian, you need to go to my church. And again, I'm throwing that way further out there than, than it's reality of it is. But we want to be a united church movement, not a single church movement. And so we believe there are a lot of believers on the school campus each and every day. They just don't know who they are because they believe the lie that they're not allowed to share their faith in the school. And so when we start gathering as believers in the school, 
we want more churches to be involved. We want um, multiple denominations. We call ourselves pro-church. We call ourselves multi-denominational for a reason, because, yeah, we want that movement to be up there so that every student can come to know Jesus. And even the, the believing students can know they're not alone on their school campus. That's good. Uh, I'll read it because it's core to who we are. John 17, 20, Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message yep. that all of them will be one. Father, just as you are in me and I'm in you, may they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. Yep. It's good. I mean, it's, it's one of our core. Jesus is praying for one of the last times he's going to be on earth, right? And he's, he's preparing the people to say, you will win more if you unite. Yep. The world's right. got all the division it needs and a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yep. Well, I think that's one of the beautiful things about first priority. Um, when we get into our day in and day out lives, we all, you know, feel like what we're doing is the most important thing in the world happening right now, because that's our human nature, right? Same thing is true with first priority. When when five people get together and four of the five go to the same church, then then that becomes the, the most important. But when you get outside of that to say, hey, there's more churches involved in first priority. But then you talk about the trainings and there's large gatherings. You mentioned six. I know Debbie had a, a leader gathering with 14 clubs, uh, 14 schools uh, involved this past spring. Then you can start seeing the bigger picture. So it's bigger than myself. It's bigger than my church. It's bigger than my school. It's bigger than my, even my community. You know, we talk about we're planning the National Directors Conference right now where leaders from all over the country, you know, 75 directors and coordinators are going to come in to Fort Worth, Texas this fall in October. And um, registration has just started for that. Shameless plug. Um, come join us for that. You can see the bigger picture that's happening around the country that there are people who are who are passionate about about doing this. And 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 I'll say this, too. It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, I got a text the other day from John Cruz that said, hey, is there first priority over here in this town? I'm like, well, there's been a stirring, but he's like, well, I've got a guy who's really excited about it. He loves what we do. He understands it. I'm like, well, there's a teachable platform, an online platform on our website. Have him go click on that, get all the information. All the stuff is on the website. When it's just a person with a passion, it doesn't have to be complicated right? Each one person can go get it started, go train everybody, gather some students and, and run. Um, but it is super exciting when the picture is bigger than that. And we can get more people involved and in, in going out. I apologize for interrupting. I think I have one last layer to add to that, Brad. Like okay. After all those things are true for training students, the other thing that I would say to those of us who are the planners mm -hmm. for that, mm -hmm. and this is a Brad statement, but I, I use it all the time. Yes. There need to be dates on the calendars. Yeah, there needs to be a date of the training. They need to walk out with the date of the first club meeting. They need to walk out with, as they are projecting, the date of where C at the poll is going to make sense in the midst yep. of this, right? If there are post Labor Day start, like get a few dates on the calendar yep. so that they can go ahead and see ahead of what uh, is in yep. front of them for the club, which That's is exciting. Right. I, I want to see where it's going before I actually get there. That's students live for that visionaries live for that hey where is it going where can i be a part of something that's bigger than me that's right that's right well and i don't know if if this was your intent but when i start thinking about seeing ahead when i think about club training i i think about 
what, what I've said a few times before is maximizing this fall school calendar. So school here starting August 5, let's get some clubs going. Let's get some, some movement happening so we can share the gospel in September, October, November, and build momentum into a Christmas party in December where it's, uh, you know, maybe we could get three, four, five hundred 500 people. And yeah, it's crazy that Summit High School's grown to 2000 kids here pretty soon. And, and, uh, yeah, it just continues to roll. And, and seeing a head like that allows us to get excited about this week because this week leads to next week. And yeah, what is God going to do through us in our first party club? And I would simply just finish with this if we can, which is a reminder that whatever you coach, whatever you're involved in being coach, training yep. doesn't actually ever stop. Yep. So the reason we do the mid-month in between the two setups of the ministry strategy, the reason we do that meeting with those leaders is to pause, retrain, pause, yep. retrain, get yep. refocused, get retooled, yep. scrap some things. Yep. If it is a meeting and not a mission, scrap some things, right? So that's the other part of this that I really do appreciate. And it's why we often, you uh, again, if you're watching online, you can see all the baseball stuff behind me. It's why um, coaching is so much fun for those of us who like to see people empowered in their gifts is because I never stop coaching. A yeah. kid can be hitting 330, 390, which is a great summer for him. And I can still see something that I go, hey, kid, that particular pitch and that particular setup is one that you're missing. Yep. So will you take feedback and can I help you climb in what you right. do? Right? right. Same goes on the campus. We, we won't stop right. the training process. Mm-hmm. It's a good word. Brad, in, in preparing for training, where can our folks go? Anybody who's, who's connected to first party, where can they go to look at the Epic resources that are currently already online? Uh, firstparty.club slash epic year two is the latest stuff that's out there. Um, you can go to Epic and see year one and year two. Um, but year two is where we're at. It's focused on the four again. Um, and we're super excited about uh, where it's at. I think we talked about the details of that a few weeks ago. So if you, you missed that episode, go back and listen to the Epic overview. Um, but it's, it's going to be a great year. I literally just typed it in as you were sitting there. I was able to find it like that. So it's very, very accessible. Yep. It's right. Is there. it on the app at this point? And for the city staff, is it in the Dropbox? It is in Dropbox for city staff members, uh, club information, Epic uh, guides. It is in there. Epic year one and two are both in there as a PDF. So on the website, it is not a PDF this year. It's embedded on the website, which people have said already that it's amazing for mobile. So we're excited about that. Um, and then on the app, if you have told us that you're using Epic year two in your chapter, then uh, we have made that change. If you have not, you can reach out to us and we'll, we'll make that change on your section of the app and we can go from there. Sweet. Yeah. It's going to be a good year, Mr. Jericho. I'm excited. It is. It is. It is. When you take the hope of Christ to students, students not only hear the gospel, they respond. That's right. And then they get connected to the local church. And then the church begins to be built with young, vibrant believers that are messy and that are fun and that need coaching and then adults get involved because they want to mentor and yep. train and bring students and all yep. of the parts of the body of Christ begin to activate in their giftings. That's right. When we, uh, when we do our job in the sense, so that's pretty cool. It is very cool. So yeah, pray for uh, the 733 clubs that we ended with last year that they can all get started. Uh, pray for the 
hundred more that will launch this year at some point. And, and uh, the new locations, we've got some new directors out there, new coordinators starting things for the first time. So um, I know you're bringing new people on that haven't been on staff with First Party before. So even in established places like Nashville, there's a lot of new people, a lot of new blood, a lot of new excitement. So super excited about where God has taken us this year. Me too. Cool. Well, thanks, Steve, for uh, leading out in this conversation. It's another good one. For everybody listening along, thank you for being a part of it. As always, the best thing you can do is share this with a friend who might be encouraged by who we are and what we're doing and join the movement because the more people you get involved, the more people you get involved. Wisdom from Brad Skelly. That one's from Mark Robbins. I'll give credit where credit is due. I like it. Right. Uh, another good one in the books guys thanks again for listening and uh excited and don't don't uh, hesitate to reach out to Brad myself or christina if we can serve you as you're preparing for your trainings right thanks everybody